I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as ever, my good friend and compatriot, Rob Langevin. What's going on, man? What's going on, Kevin? What's going on, people in the uh, the fake universes of fantasy land? Uh, thanks for coming by and joining us for another week of FPL fantasy action, which is kind of redundant when you say that FPL fantasy because the F is already fantasy. So, so I'm, you know, it's like home sweet home. Isn't like, there a word for those? Where, where uh, it's like ATM machine or pin number. Yeah. Oh man, I wish Redund- I- redundant. I mean, it's just redundant. It's redundant. I mean, I I'm just being redundant. It's not being redundant because I could have spoken a more clarifying way to actually not say it where it was FPL and said fantasy again. But you know, whatever. Oh my gosh, it's a I phenomenon digress. that's called PNS syndrome. And the S in Fianna Syndrome stands for syndrome. <laughs> it's an example of itself. There you go. There That's you go. pretty Exa- awesome. An example of itself. There you go. That's terrific. I really, really enjoy that far more than I should. All right. Uh, we're going to get into all the fantasy goodness today. There have been some injuries, uh, obviously some rises and fallers. We'll do start sets, all that fun stuff. But I have an interesting question for you for the top of the show. Sure. Go. This is brought to us by the fact that Andre Gray is back and available this week. And this has very little to do with his performance on the pitch. There is a woman in one of my fantasy American football leagues that will never draft players that have been accused of like domestic abuse or rape or anything like that. So my question for you is, to start on a heavy-handed note, do you apply any sense of external morality on your fantasy team? Like... If if uh, Ben Roethlisberger was ever actually uh, convicted of, of doing any things he was accused of, would you then no longer be willing to put him into your team? And similarly, with Andre Gray dealing with all the uh, kind of hateful things he said, now he's done the suspension. D- does that cause you any pause? No. Um, until what Andre Gray did is a negative stat for me, it's pointless for me to even... If the guy can play fantasy and be significantly better than someone I have at my fantasy team, then I'm going to roster him in my fantasy team. I'm not looking at what he's done off the pitch and apply it to my fake virtual pitch that I look on my computer and be like, point a finger at him, be like, no, you're bad, sir. You go in the corner. No, that doesn't happen. No, if Andre Gray is better than somebody I think is on my team and I think he can help my fantasy team be better than I was, he's going to be in my team. He unfortunately isn't going to be better than anybody that's in my team currently because um, he's hot garbage. But um, yeah, but no, I I don't have any morality clauses on my team. Listen, I'll take murderers, I'll take stealers, I'll take arsonists, uh, mm. vagrants, I'll take uh, vagabonds, I, I don't, winos. I don't care, whatever, anybody. As Fair long enough. as I'm invited to the winos party, I'm, that's all I care about. 
All right, fair enough. I I think I uh, tend to agree, although like super not thrilled with him <laughs> as a human being. I do think that we get to avoid having to decide on this because, as you mentioned, he has not been fantastic. I was looking through the stats earlier today. Uh, and perhaps unsurprisingly, he's doing much worse against Premier League opposition than he yeah. was against championship opposition last year. Uh, alright, a couple of little news and notes kinds of things. Uh, Musa Sissoko elbowed, uh, Harry Arter straight in the face. He's out for three games. Don't really think that affects much other than I think it solidifies Lamella's playing time. Um, well, well, you know, you know why that happened, right? Because, because, uh, because Harry, Harry was on the sideline, he looked at Musa and I go, he goes like, "I bet you couldn't hit me any harder." <laughs> <laughs> He's got bats, folks. I got That's some pretty, good. I got some good old joke. That's pretty instead. great. <laughs> pretty solid. Uh, also, podcast favorite, um, but up, up, completely blanked on him. Snodgrass is going to be mm-hmm. out for a month, but he hasn't really done anything in a month. So I get, I suppose there are worse things. I feel like there was somebody else that I'm forgetting mm-hmm. about. Mm, couldn't tell you, <laughs> but uh, you know people get hurt sometimes. It's just a facet of fantasy. Uh, Alderweireld should be back for Tottenham this weekend. Kane probably back. Uh, maybe not this weekend, but probably for the Arsenal match following. Uh, and that's uh, <laughs> that's it for injuries. Even though I only mentioned like one person and forgot the other one. Uh, so now we can move uh, quickly along into start sit, so we can bury that hellscape what, that I just crafted. What about, for us. Let's do price changes first. We'll do price changes first. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Do price changes, man. Yeah, we'll do price changes. Kevin's trying to skip over my time. It was, it, it was an awkward escape. I was just trying to move on from the fact that I tried to add injuries as a segment and could only think of one. You you <laughs> just want all the mic to yourself. All I need is one mic. You're like not. Nah. <laughs> You're like Nas right now. Dude, that is the greatest thing anyone's ever said about me. So thank you very much. But so anyway, I digress and move into the (laughs) price changes of the week with some little tidbits about some ups and downs. Like usual, everybody at home, if this is your first podcast, shame on you. We're awesome. You should be here more often. (laughs) Eric Bayer is the other one. Sorry. And if. I'm just making this worse. Just keep going. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and if, if anybody is on the usual, you know, they come around, you know what the price change is all about. Basically talk about guys on the up, guys on the down, guys on the up are people being transferred in more, guys on the down probably suck, injured, or are just fantasy useless. Uh, so guys on the up this week. Um, we'll start We'll start in the back. Uh, Lee Grant, the uh, stoke keeper, seems like he's solidified his role there. Uh, you know, the best thing about Lee Grant is he's the best four buck princess goalkeeper I can think of right now, even though he's four dot one now. He was four. He was four before. But now it ruined my joke. But Kev, look at look at uh, Stokes upcoming upcoming uh, games. Mm. Sw- Swansea, West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford, Burnley. Those are the next five games. Uh, there's probably only one matchup in there, I would say, that they may have difficulty with. And that's probably the West Ham West Ham game defensively, because. You know, West Ham does have some star talent, and they do they can find the net, though they can't protect their own net. Uh, so anybody looking for a cheap uh, entry level goalie, and and they're moving away from the Pickfords and anybody else in their in their fantasy roster, take a look at Lee Grant and their upcoming fixtures. I know after those five, it gets a little shaky. I think they play Arsenal and the likes of the the fantasy giants, so it gets a little shaky. But at four dot one, you really can't go wrong. Uh, um, the only interesting note there is that Butland has returned to training this week. I don't yeah. think he'll be starting the next couple of weeks, but he could be back in the frame soon. So just kind of keep yeah. that in mind. 
Oh, absolutely. I, I don't I don't foresee him coming in before the Bournemouth game. That's three weeks. So you still get three usable games out of Lee Grant at a at four dot one. Uh, also on the up uh, defenseman, uh, Laurent Koscielny is the highest scoring defender. Uh, last three games, eight, one and 15. Arsenal are kind of up and down defensively. Uh, but if you're looking for a, a stalwart in the back for you, look at the, the 6.4 Koscielny. Their upcoming fixtures, uh, Sunderland Spurs, Man U, not not awesome. But, you know, you're you're if you have him in your team, you're not going to sit Laurent Koscielny against basically anybody because he does add a goal, you know, goal scoring threat for you. He's basically like, a, you know, he's not quite Scotty Dan. Nobody's Scotty Dan. But, I mean, he gives you that that effect. Uh, also on the up, Jan Vertonghen, uh, it's probably going to end this week with Toby coming back, as Kevin mentioned previously. Uh, I think the, the buyers are, are loading up on him because of, you know, he was useful and Spurs are semi-useful. I, I just had to say semi because Kevin's a Spurs fan. Uh, but w- with Toby coming back, I think it saps his value and his ownership. Uh, also on the up, Charlie Daniels, Bournemouth, we love him. Fan, he's a fan favorite of this show. Uh, I love the devil went down to Georgia. I'm surprised that he could still run up and down the pitch. He's 71 years old, people. Charlie Daniels. Uh, that gold violin, you'd really think it'd weigh him down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He totally, it would totally wear him down. Well, I don't even know where he puts it. I, I know where he puts it. Oh, anyway. oh, man. Oh. All right. Oh, all right. we, 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 de- oh. we derailed a little oh, bit. Oh, oh, man. All right. <laughs> so, uh, Theo Walcott, also on the up. Uh, he's the highest scoring. Kev, if I said to you right now, I said, after nine weeks of the Premier League season, Theo Walcott is going to be the leading fantasy scorer. What would you say to me besides saying, uh, I'll take a shot? I don't think I'd be able to say anything. I think I'd just laugh until I died. Yeah, Theo's sitting on 58 points. He's one point ahead of everyone else in the scoring leaderboard. Uh, Yeah, so anybody who predicted that by week nine and you put a couple shekels on it as a bet, Congratulations, Theo Walcott. Also, anybody that claims that they did that, uh, shut up and sit down because you know you're, you're lying. <laughs> you're a liar. Your name is Liar. And you know it. Yeah. Uh, so, Philippe Coutinho, the better, the better, best, and most efficient Liverpool midfielder, not named Bobby Digital. But no, that's a, that's a string of contention between me and Kevin. Uh, he's probably still going to say Firmino. I'm still going to say Coutinho. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, I think this guy, this next guy, is probably better than all of them because he's basically the Welsh Pirlo. Joe, Joe Allen went up again. Uh, Nasser Chadley went up for West Brom, and then we move on to the forwards. It's a, it's a, it's a threesome that I can see a pattern forming with uh, Costa, Lukaku, and Charlie Austin. Now, now, Kevin, I was listening to a, a podcast just this morning, and wait, were not, you cheating not, on us? No, no, I, no, okay. definitely not. No, they're not us, dude. They're they they talk funny and have really bad accents, and it's really <laughs> badly like transitioned into like cuts and stuff. I'm not gonna say who it is because we they know who they are and they suck. Uh, but yeah, so they their big strain of contention in the whole show was um, what what to do with Sergio Aguero at his price tag, Kevin. Once you factor in your starting eleven, and basically if you own Sergio Aguero, you're starting Sergio Aguero at his price tag at thirteen dot whatever he is right now, thirteen one, thirteen two, whatever he is currently. Hmm. Uh, considering that if you go with minimums on your bench at four four million for all four spots, you're left with eighty four million dollars in your on your team of starting eleven. With with Sergio Aguero taking up thirteen point one of that. Is it worth 
having Sergio Aguero take up 16% of your starting 11 roster? Uh, Currently. Currently. Yeah, because I did this last year and I got burned so hard. I just can't ever doubt him again. Will I continue holding on to him forever? Uh, No, especially if he kind of goes goalless the next couple of weeks. But I can't firmly stand against Aguero because whenever I do that will be when it starts being wrong. Yeah. Uh, he's, this is kind of like Alexis last season, where just every time we were really ready to buy in, he started being awful. Every time we were like, sell him, he started picking up form again. Yeah. I, I'm just too scared of Aguero to but, but advise tur- dropping him. Are you turned off by the benching? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not great. And yeah, Nacho is actually better per minute. Um, better per, per dollar, too. Oh, easily. Uh, just it's so hard to buy somebody that, that doesn't isn't start. starting. Yeah, yeah. but uh, do you think it's in the realm of possibilities? You know, I'm not too familiar with Pep's you know history of single single striker, double striker. Do you think it's in the realm of possibility that that City this weekend could could strut out Aguero and Ianacho on the same on the same pitch? Interesting. If you were going to do it against a team, West Brom's probably one of the ones you do it against. You aren't too worried about their attack. You know, you can get forward a fair bit. I don't really know who you take out. It kind of depends on De Bruyne, who mm-hmm. may or may not be injured. It's kind of vague at the moment. Um, well, well, City did run three defenders last game, yeah. so in it's theory, interesting. In I mean, theory, had- there's space. I wouldn't expect it though, and that's the problem. Is yeah. is you'd need to see it once before buying in, mm-hmm. but but it might only happen that once. So I, ugh, yeah. it's just so hard, man. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. It's definitely a conundrum, and it, it's a fantasy conundrum because. People, people, the ownership for Aguero is so massive right now. And the hits that people are taking because, you know, when he doesn't score for three weeks in a row and he, he gives you actually one total point the last three games because he's two minus one and a one, um, you know, and then there's two games before he actually scored the two goals where he didn't play because of injury. Uh, so so the, his return on his, your people's investment is 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 pretty bad right now. Uh, you know, everybody's. I think everybody's pretty much expecting it to be an everyday. You know, go out and hit a home run, Sergio Aguero, and it, it's just not happening. So I think that's what's causing people to to at least shudder a little bit and think about their fantasy roster a little bit. And I think that's why the the Diego Costa ownership has has shot up the way it has. And I think in correlation, I think that's why the Lukaku. Uh, ownership has shot up like it has as well because the, I, everybody's jump everybody's off the Ibrahimovic bandwagon. They, I know every you know it. Everybody knows it. The 11 million that you had invested him in is being dispersed everywhere. Uh, look at the midfield ownerships currently. You know Sanchez and Walcott and Coutinho and De Bruyne are all up. They're all up across the board ownership wise. Even though De Bruyne is injured currently, but. Everyone has gone up ownership-wise in anywhere between two and six percent this past week already. So, um, what what would you, I mean, Kevin? Look, because we never really divulge into like people's rosters and tinkering. Uh, if you if you're an Aguero owner, are you are you panicking and transferring him out? I'm not. I'm yes, panicking, but b not transferring him out. Okay. That's fair enough. I mean, I, I just I'm just trying to get a grasp on you know you're you're a, a fan, an integral part of the fantasy community as am I. You know, people lend their ear to us and they they tend to I tend to agree with what you're saying. I don't think that Aguero is a is a panic button move um, because there, there's nobody that you're really going to replace him with that has the impact that he could have. 
you know, it's, you know, it's like putting, you know, tires on a Ford Pinto, uh, nice tires on a Ford Pinto on your, ro- on your roster. Yeah. It's a, still a Ford Pinto, but it has nice tires, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, so, so anyway, th- those are my, those are my random snippets for the, for the price ups, uh, on the price downs. Oh, uh, sorry. Before Simone- you move on, uh, sure. I need to take back what I said last week about Joe Allen. He is now actually playing in a more advanced role where Bojan yep. used to play. So yep. when I said I didn't like him because of positioning, uh, then it changed. So I just yep. thought I should totally. mention that. Totally. Uh, yeah, so price downs uh, this week are uh, Simone Mignolet. Um, I think it's important because I, I've heard some whispers. Of, uh, he may get the next start because uh, Loris Carries has not been awesome. He's got two – his last four games, two, two, six, and two. Uh, I know a lot of that is proponent on – I think Liverpool is just trying to outscore their opponent and not worry about how many they let in. Uh, also on the down, Leighton Baines can't seem to stay healthy since, since from like two years ago. Uh, it's a shame. He's a quality fantasy player and a contributor. Uh, anybody who owns Leighton Baines, I'm telling you, just, just shift your Everton funds and go for Seamus Coleman. You'll probably be better off for it because I think Seamus Coleman is what ba- what Baines gives you fantasy-wise. Coleman gives it to you in another way. He's a streaky, streaking down the side, uh, wide side player. Gives you occasional goals, whereas Baines was a set piece taker. Gives you assists, so it's kind of a wash. But I, at Coleman's price, he's cheaper than he's cheaper than Baines. So look in that direction if you are uh, looking for some salvation from the Leighton Baines conundrum. Uh, Luke Shaw on the down. I think it's interesting uh, with with no buy for for at least a month. Um, United may be struggling to find some you know some what's the word I'm looking for here some. Uh, uh, I can't go, good. Good. They should, uh, they should try to be good. Athleticism. How's that? Some athleticism okay. in the, from the back four. No. Um, so I mean, they, they may be looking otherwise. They may be looking at the next guy. I'm going to say who also went down. Timothy Fosu Mensa was was great last year at, at at stretches for them. At his price tag, his price tag is a little more inflated now. But just like I said, no buys, so somebody may want to jump in on him and pay the minimum to get a United defender if they trust that United can be the clean sheet maven that they used to be. Interesting one. Uh, t- since Kevin just mentioned Toby going possibly being fit for this weekend, uh, Toby Alvaro went down this week. Uh, it's it's a great thing for people who want to reinvest in in the Spurs, uh, you know, center keystone. You know, you save it, you save a buck, you save a penny, <laughs> go for it. Uh, also on the downs, uh, William at seven two. You know, he's still dealing with some family issues, and Chelsea is moving on without him. Uh, Pedro had a phenomenal game in his stead. Uh, everybody in the midfield there was playing well. Hazard played well. You know, even uh, Ngola Conte got in and made people look stupid. So that's that's basically what you're looking at at William, <clears throat> whose ownership in the beginning of the year was was pretty pretty high for a player of what he was kind of a let's see what he can do kind of thing, and we basically have seen what he can do through nine weeks. I know he hasn't played because of the his death in the family, but I would think it's time to move on from him. Interesting guy who also went down is Andres Townsend. Listen, he's not um he's not the official game kind of player. If if you're playing in other formats with Andres Townsend, you're probably like yes, I own Andres Townsend. But in the official game, he's just not getting the tallies, and Crystal Palace just doesn't do anything for him defensively uh, to give him any kind of bonus points. So he's just not getting assists. He's not getting goals. Kev, since we do talk about play Taga, I mean, Andres Townsend is basically like a top, I would say top, what, 20 player in play Taga yeah. because of his ancillary stats. Uh, do you think that eventually it'll correlate over to the official game 
Or do you think he's just basically what he is and what we're seeing is because Crystal Palace is just a mediocre bunch of fantasy assets? Oh, it's just so frustrating. Crystal Palace has so much fantasy potential right now, and they just need to kind of convert it into anything meaningful. I do think that Townsend will regress a little bit in the Taga thing, but improve a little bit in this. I just think he's kind of at extremes in both. Uh, Benteke... You know, put it off the crossbar last week, missed a penalty the week before. Uh, so, you know, you're pretty close to, to things starting to roll. They're just having some difficulties at the moment. Um, I'm probably, because, you know, both of us were pretty big on buying in on Townsend a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. Um, Liverpool not great defensively, but, and, and you got to figure Benteke scores against Liverpool. It, it just seems poetic. Uh, I think Mark mentioned as such uh, when he came on our show last time. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely don't <clears throat> mind Townsend. Like, if I own him, I'm probably not actively trying to ship him out. But if I don't own him, I'm not actively trying to bring him in. I think, it, you know, we'll we'll start to see some kind of normalization of some of those stats. But, uh, man, <laughs> the Townsend thing's rough. Also, you were mentioning some of the wingbacks. I thought it was interesting that pretty much all the significant followers this week were wingers or wingbacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have Cedric Yanmat, Baines, and Shaw who are all missing or, or dealing with injury stuff than William Sterling and Townsend. <clears throat> I just thought that was an interesting, mm-hmm. weird aside thing. Um, but yeah, uh, with Townsend, I'm, I'm fine with Townsend. I just don't want to peddle him as much as we had been recently, but I do think his uh, fantasy points will kind of uptick soon in the official game. Yeah, it's 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 got it. I mean, he's he's contributing way too many. Look at his successful <clears throat> excuse me successful crosses in the box and what he what he contributes on the build up there. He's doing he's doing enough, but it's just not showing in the official game. So be patient, Andres Townsend owners, and or don't be patient. Keep dropping him so the price goes below six, and we'll all buy in then. Uh, also ooh, on the down, ooh, that's Re- a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Riyad Mahrez now nine dot one. Uh, he's he's fallen four times this year already because he started at nine five. Kevin, is there a comfortable price that you'd actually buy into a Rion Morris? Nope. nope. Not right now. Either. I don't trust me this either. Leicester team at all. Yeah, if it, if it was maybe 8-5, I would maybe consider it, but I don't think I would. Uh, Raheem Sterling went down. I think people are shifting around their funds uh, and got scared off because De Bruyne came back. I think they were gonna afraid that he was going to steal Raheem's, Raheem's juice, uh, so he went down. A um, couple other ones. Matt Phillips went down for West Brom. Kind of a sneaky, uh, significant player in other formats. I figured I'd give him a mention. He's at 5.2 now. Uh, he does a lot for the West Brom on a wide side, especially in DFS formats. He's a, he's a money, money, money player because he just contributes enough and his price is cheap. Uh, and also another West Brom guy. I needed a forward in here, and it's the only one that really went down of significance. Uh, Solomon Rondon is at 6.6. You know, I, I think people are sick of what West Brom is doing besides giving up goals in the 80th plus minute. Uh there's there's cheaper options at the similar price tag at six six. You know you got Austin you got Austin there at six six. You got and you got Callum Wilson. I th- I'd rather take a, a a flyer on a Callum Wilson on on an upstart Bournemouth team that actually can find the net, whereas a West Brom team that looks like a one and done in a game. What, what's your take on what's your take on that? If you had to pick one now for the rest of the season, Rondon, Austin, Callum Wilson, Kev. Austin, because yeah, we've seen I, it before. I agree. I think. Austin is good in stretches. Wilson is good in spurts, and Rondon is good for medium to distance. That makes yeah. sense. If they if they all ended with twelve goals, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, 
it wouldn't be anything that would surprise me. Yeah. Also, I feel like Wilson might score in bursts. So mm-hmm. even though he could end up around, like in the group with those other two, his would mm-hmm. probably be the most frustrating because you'd have oh, bust weeks. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he'd be a guy that you'd, would be like that first sub, I think. I think you'd have to have yeah. uh, <laughs> He's one of those guys that will get you points on your bench, and you'll just be like, ah. Yeah, you'd, you'd need a, you'd need like a, a good rotation partner with a fifth midfielder for a Callum Wilson Ooh, roster. That's, for- in, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, if you found a midfielder with a, a nice complimentary schedule, may, maybe it would be mm-hmm. more worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that 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 finishes off price price ups and price downs. But I want I want to I want to ask Kevin one more one more question. Or should we take a break? Let's take a break. Okay, let's take, let's take a commercial break. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, thirty six percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Get a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/work. Shopify.com/work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get thirty, thirty. Ready to get thirty, ready to get twenty, twenty, twenty. Ready to get twenty, twenty. Ready to get fifteen, 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 fifteen. Just fifteen bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We did it. We took a commercial break. Yeah, I don't we're think back. we have any ads currently running in the U.S. So, yeah. if you're really confused right now, that's why. I do yep. think we have an ad campaign running in the UK right now for Casper mattresses. So uh, let us know if that's actually what just happened. Yeah, absolutely. Go buy a Casper mattress. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny. I, I was talking with one of my mates. I'm going to go on a little little side story here. I was talking with one of my mates, and he doesn't follow Eng- English soccer at all. I know. I don't. Why do I have a friend that doesn't follow English soccer? Ugh, Strange question. Good. Answered and finished. But uh, I was just, he's like, oh, so who's doing well in the, he was just trying to figure out and learn about the, the, you know, the English Premier League. And I was telling him some of the teams and he's, he's like, he looks at me and it's funny because you said Casper mattresses. He's like, every one of those sounds like a really luxurious mattress. Like every, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Chelsea mattress or the, <laughs> I'm on the West Ham or I'm on the Crystal Palace. Every, everyone sounds like a luxurious <laughs> model of a mattress, and then until until you get the hull, and it sounds like you're sleeping on like a dumpster. <laughs> um, this is, uh, I hope, uh, uh, not racist, but um, when I was at my favorite Italian place Ooh. in New York, which by the way is called Via della Pace, it's on Second. That's racist, man. In That's Man- racist. In Manhattan. It's racist. It's Go racist. there, please. It's amazing food, great bartending. It's really dope. But um, <laughs> I was mentioning that when I was first getting into football, one of my first thoughts when I watched the Italian team is that all their names sounded delicious. Like they all, sound, uh, they all sound like macaroni. <laughs> I, really? Yeah, they all sound like macaroni. Huh? Like if you offered me like Chiellini al fresco, I'd be like, "Yo, give me so many of that, please." Yeah. 
Anyway, like Marquisio, all of them, all, except Buffon, really. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I'm like, yeah, give me a bu- give me a bowl of Buffon soup. Actually, actually, is a soup or a dessert? I think you could pull it off. Yeah, yeah, maybe like a with like a it's like a popover with powder, mm. and it probably takes bets in the, on the side. Yeah, but, but <laughs> you know, if you had like uh, uh, pesto baratelli. Like, oh yeah, hell yeah, man! I I need a whole plate of that. Slightly. <laughs> so 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 that'll finish up the price ups and downs. And uh, I had one more question, but none of these guys went price up, price down. So I wanted to pop it out before we got into our start mm. sits, which is the highlight of our program. Kevin, I, I've done a lot of rest of season stuff because <clears throat> I know it's only week ten, and people are are trying to plan, but. From now now until you know New Year's, they play an excessive amount of games. There's no more breaks, and they have a scrunched up schedule around Boxing Day and around you know New Year's. Mm. Uh, wh- when do you start looking ahead to that point to set up your your roster? Interesting. Wow. Well, you saying it right now makes me feel like I should panic and that it's soon. Well, I, I, I'm just I'm trying to be a friend and tell you that it's becoming that. a problem that you're not noticing. I appreciate that. Uh, probably probably a monthish in advance, so mid November. Like American Thanksgiving ish. A little earlier, one one week before that. How about that? Because then so, then you can kind of plan out your transfers over that period. Also, American you, Veterans Day. Then, <laughs> if you were smarter than me, uh, and you managed to hold on to your wild card, that would be an excellent time. To really capitalize mm-hmm. on the final weeks of 2016. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree. I I don't think there's many people that are you know in the know that haven't used their wild card already. I think I think people have. Yeah, this year this hasn't gone to script much. I I think it's <clears throat> with the random way that the the season has started and the amount of players that have 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 blossomed up and then sat back down and then others have blossomed up and they sat back down. I think that it, it's it's probably I don't know the percentages and numbers, but I guarantee that the the numbers for wild card use is well over fifty percent already. Yeah, yeah, could be. Okay, and then I got one more final question. I'm full of questions today. Okay, you know what? I, I had extra time to research and do homework, so this kind of lumps on to the you know when are you looking ahead? And and I've 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 peeped a couple rest of season questions. I did the Rondon Austin Wilson one before. Right now, rest of season, mm-hmm. Sadio Mane or Dimitri Payet? Payet. Really? Yeah. No, there's reason to believe that you know Liverpool is going to continue to score and well, you know, Mane. You know what part of it is. Uh, African Cup of Nations. Oh well, that's true. I didn't. I did forget about that. That's if that's if his team qualifies and he goes further. Okay, so there's your answer. <laughs> uh, great. Cool. <laughs> also, I think Payet creates you know so much more. I think he's. I think he's back to leading the league after a brief period of not. Uh, he leads the league in assists. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was going to talk about chances created, but if it's both, then that's. Uh, twice as nice, but yeah, I, I'd probably go Payet. I, I think Mane helps Liverpool in non-fantasy ways more, but like everything Payet does helps in fantasy. Okay, I was just I was just throwing out two ra- like similarly priced midfielders yep. that are are very close in points for the season, and you know also wise- also worth noting. That I think it's close while Payet is not in great form and Mane is. Yeah. That's true. So I like mean, the spread, I, I, the spread I, for me might actually be wider than, than it right now would represent. I would give it to Payet as well because of his set piece, set oh, piece ability. Yep. 
and I would take it. I would take it away from Mane because I would rather probably own a Coutinho at a cheaper price, or even a Firmino at a cheaper price. Nah, you would. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say we're going to get into it, but he's not actually in my start sets. I'll tell you why. Because Firmino leads them in uh, shots on target and chances created, and uh, is only a few behind in um in uh, wait. What's the other awful one? Haircut, awful haircuts? Wait, wait, wait. I just, I just muffed all of that. Hold on. Because <laughs> I, 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 I don't even remember which ones I said. I just feel like I got it wrong. Uh, so Firmino leads him in shots on... Nope, he does not. Coutinho leads in shots on target. Yeah. Anyway. There's a, the there's other an things are true. There's yeah. an interesting one. Yeah. Well, Coutinho just shoots all the time. So, in theory. He's, he's a volume shooter. He's a... <laughs> Who's a, who's a good baseball? Now, he's the C.H. Riss Davis, uh, <laughs> while Firmino is their, um, wow, completely blanked. Third baseman. Played played short a bit for them this year. Who? Uh, wow. The Orioles. Ma- Manny, Machado? Manny Machado. There it is. Yeah. You got to isolate your pitches better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Does it? Probably not. Okay. No. Now we're going to move into start sit. Uh <laughs> Where I'm going to lead off with Troy Deeney. Just 7.1 cost, just 8.5% owned. Uh, worked really well uh, with Isaac's success. Hopefully he is back and fit. We'll see. He still has that little caution cone on him. Uh, but Huller, the second worst defense on the road in the Premier League behind Leicester, which I'm not sure some people are aware of. Uh, hmm. But Hull, or not Hull. Uh, yes, Hull. Can- what is happening to me right now? Hull are conceding uh, almost four goals per match over the last five, pretty much at this point. Do you want to start anyone that's playing mm-hmm. against Hull in midfield? Uh, Dusan Tadic. I've seen a lot of people kind of promoting the Redmond hype this week, mm-hmm. with him starting to be more and more influential. But it's actually Tadic who is in the top ten in shots on target, key passes, and successful crosses. But he only has one goal and one assist. This is another guy kind of like Townsend, where you know that has to normalize soon. Southampton yeah, are fifth in the form table after a very tough run, <laughs> and now it gets not tough. They'll face just two defenses in the top ten before 2017 begins. Uh, in defense, I like Arsenal, Bournemouth, and Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham also uh, facing Leicester, who are the third worst away attack. So basically, mm-hmm. Leicester, really awful away from home. Their yeah. entire team is Jorginho Wijnaldum of last season. Um, yeah. So now we will turn to you for your starts and sits of the week. My starts, uh, we got into a little bit of debate before, so I'm going I'm to keep it, I'll usually start in defense, but I'm going to start it forward. We started, we, we talked about it before with Sergio Aguero. My start of the week is Kelechi Iannaccio. I, I think they come out with him from the beginning this week. I know it's a gamble and you probably wouldn't, wouldn't ever do it, but <clears throat> he's somebody I'm looking at that actually could come in and shake up your fantasy team. He's already got 14,000 transfers in this week. It's only Tuesday. Uh, you'll hear this on Wednesday, so it'll probably be closer to 20 by then, uh, Listen, if he comes in and starts the game and he scores, yeah, the, his ownership is going to spike next week because there's going to be an outcry for it. Pep's going to realize something's working and he's going to implement the two-striker approach because I think it helps Aguero. I think it draws defenders away because I think Anacho is enough of a talent, enough of a uh, a striker that people know of that they, ha- they have to basically pay attention to him. Uh, through the midfield, uh, I'm going opposite of what Kevin said and playing whoever who's playing Southampton. I'm taking a Chelsea midfielder, but it's not Hazard. It's not William. It's not Pedro. Wait, I didn't say it's to not, play somebody against Southampton. Southampton have the third best defense in the Premier League. 
no, you said you said Tadic. I'm I'm oh, going well, I'm going with a Chelsea. I'm going with a Chelsea midfielder, and it's not William. It's not Hazard. It's not Conte. It's, it's Nemanja Matic. Oh no! Le- <laughs> hey, at his price, <laughs> at at his price at five dot five, this is where I'm going. He but he's he on three gonna, assists now. He's tied for the league league with four now. Mm. He's tied with Dimitri Payet. And the one thing that I'm going to say about this is his his playing time is not in question like any other questionable midfielder for for Chelsea. Pedro's not going to play this week probably. You know, who's Cesc Fabregas? He's not even existent anymore. Uh, you know, the, the only two guys in the midfield for for Chelsea that I can say would actually start from every week now from from now to the end of the season are Maddich and Conte. Because there's going to be Costa. games where Hazard gets games off. Oh, and he might get suspended. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> and Absolutely. I will say, kind of following the Joe Allen thing, uh, everybody that's familiar with Nemanja Matic may keep thinking of him as the holding midfielder, but they are using uh, Conte in that role. So he is getting forward a bit more. I do not think this is sustainable, but no, his positioning not. is different than it was last year. Yeah, he he's allowed he, he's allowed to move forward because also behind Conte is is David Luiz, who's basically like uh basically like another holding midfielder. So basically, a three in a row. Crazy person. Yeah, it's, yeah. So <laughs> uh, so Nemanja Matic has got four assists. I think it continues. I think maybe he he does something good this week. Uh, on defense, uh, Kevin mentioned all the all the good defenders to to look at this week. I, I like going for sneaky guys. Uh, how about a Stoke defender? Uh, we went over their upcoming fixture: Swansea, mm-hmm. West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford, Burnley. How about a Jeff Cameron? Jeff Ooh, Cameron I was last week. Peters, if you were going to go Stoke, but yeah, interesting. The, the reason I like Jeff Cameron is uh, Stoke played a, a flatter defense system, and Jeff Cameron was actually playing a midfield role there. Uh, you're going to get him at a defensive value at four dot four, and he could continue to contribute as on the forward approach because you know they're playing a little bit more advanced. Stoke is actually scoring goals because they have guys who can actually score, like Joe Allen and Zerdan Shakiri is actually healthy. So look for him. Another guy like America. There you go. Go America. Uh, and another guy I like I like Watford defense this week. Jonas Kabul four dot four. They got back to back cleans. And if if you're a if if you're pl- trying to catch up to someone who has a uh, Jose Holabas, uh, Jonas Kabul seems like an anti Holabas move to me. So they're playing Hull. You know he'd be a good rotation guy to to mix in for your fourth or fifth defender. Uh, onto my sits, Kev. Should I just go right into my sits? Would it? Would it? Would that be? Would that be Go. greedy and taking over everything? Hey, man, that's that's my gig, but I'll allow it for now. Yeah. Uh, on defense, I just don't. I don't like Leicester or United defenses this week. Uh, Any, you know, Christian Fuchs scored a goal last week. Good for him. United defense, they lost Baye. I think they lose lose a lot of athleticism there, and I think they're going to get exposed this week. I think Burnley actually scores. Uh, anybody want to takes a takes a random gamble on some Sam Vokes glove? Go for it. He's got two goals in his last, what, two games? Two goals in the but last three Gray's games? But now Gray's back to take his job. Yeah, I don't think Gray starts. Uh, Interesting. Although Vokes yeah. typically does play with him, um, but yeah. it just wouldn't be as advanced if they played together. But yeah, that they, is an interesting call. Yeah, they do play high, high low, high, low. Uh, through the midfield, uh, this guy got a lot of love in the transfer market because he scored two goals, and it's he's on Spurs. Uh, Deli Ali had two goals in the last three games. Right, yeah, two goals because he's had back-to-back games with goals. You know, he's popular, and I don't see it. Uh, I, I'm not buying into it. Eight dot two. I'd rather own a Liverpool midfielder over anybody on Spurs, and they're all similarly priced. The Ericsons, Della Del Ali, you know, Coutinho, Firmino, in that bracket. So I'm not trusting the Spurs midfielder mm-hmm. up top. 
Kevin said it before. He says he thinks Benteke's going to score this week. I think Crystal Palace is all thumbs right now, and I don't think they find anything close to the net against Liverpool. I know it's a revenge game for Benteke, and he's going against his former club. I just don't see it. I'm a Benteke owner, and I would love to see it, but I just don't see it. Like I said, I think Crystal Palace is just lost in their mind if I want to pull out a whole – isn't that a song by – yeah, it is. I can't think of who sings it, but anyway (laughs) – but uh, Chris, I don't. I don't trust Crystal Palace against Liverpool, even at home. Uh, I know Crystal Palace plays better at, differently at home, but I still don't trust it. I think Liverpool goes up early and coasts. Kev, sits, go. Yeah, um, Negredo for Middlesbrough is still owned in almost fifteen percent of leagues. He has three shots on target in his last five <laughs> matches. He might not even start this week. He might not. I still think he will. But he shouldn't. Uh, and they're up against Bournemouth's defense, which we both like. Percentage is too high. Price is too high. Doing too little. Easy, easy drop for me. Kamu uh, in midfield, 41% owned. Uh, what? How is this still happening? We told you to switch from him to Joe Allen, or even potentially Ryan Mason, who's been putting a surprising amount of shots on target. Or, or Junior. Or Junior. Get the heck off at Chien Kapoo, please. Uh, in defense, uh, I already alluded to it. I don't know if it was on air or off air, but Manchester United actually have the second worst defense over the last five matches, conceding nine goals. So not a huge fan of them. I think Swansea Stoke ends up being a poor man's gold fest. And mm-hmm. Crystal Palace... Uh, are uh, they have no clean sheets this entire season, which or is last. crazy to me. They they don't have a clean sheet in their last nineteen. Wow. Yeah, I think they only finished with eight last year. Yeah, they don't have one. In fair, they've been doing it without Scott Dan, but I don't think he's going to be back in time for this one. So yeah, yeah, not a not a fan of that at all. Yeah, I mean, no goal, no cleans in nineteen is is that's pretty bad. That's, that's half a season. That's, that's half a season. That's real bad. That <laughs> significantly not great. All right, now we can talk about our teams a little bit. I have already made two transfers. Everybody told me to wait until the midweek matches. I just couldn't because people were going to drop in price. Uh, I have shipped out Snodgrass and Ibrahimovic, who I held on to for this long because I kept believing and have brought in uh, Austin, who I told everybody I was going to bring in anyway, and uh, brought in uh, my love boy, uh, Roberto Firmino, for Snodgrass. Leaves me with another... Uh, 1.9 in the bank that I will use at some point to get uh, Lamina Kone out of my team. He's still my last sub on my bench. It's absolutely ridiculous. Pereira also doing nothing for me at the moment. Also, my buy-in of Coleman because of their good matches netted me very, very little aside from one goal, which is not typically what you want from your defenders. Uh, you making any changes this week? Uh, yeah. Uh, I had two transfers uh, because I didn't do anything last week. I needed to uh, kind of right the ship and kind of bank two instead of taking two and taking a minus. So I, I bit the bullet and did did okay last week. I basically got league average. But, uh, yeah, I, I needed to make some changes in my team. I already brought in uh, Charlie Daniels on defense, and I brought in Philippe Coutinho in the midfield. Uh, I dropped uh, West Brom defender. I, don't, let me I have Smith. You have Daniels. I have Firmino. You have Coutinho. This is going to be yeah. fun. <laughs> so so that those are my two transfers. Uh, I'm contemplating making a third because uh, I have still have Snodgrass on my team, and he's probably not going to play. I, I don't like sitting with a guy on my bench that's oh, definitely not going to play. Yeah, he's I know. I, I, 
So it's either that and hope that, you know, I don't get involved into that many subs. So, yeah, but I'm rolling with, with Dini Aguero Benteke up top. So, you know, I don't really need a fourth mid. I don't really need a fifth midfielder. So I'll roll with that. That's my team. It's awful. But anyway, I, I power on. <laughs> uh, on to next week or whatever Bill Belichick says all the time. Um, what was it? Uh, on to Seattle or on to... I don't remember what that was. Anyway. Uh, I know it wasn't on Wisconsin. <laughs> Correct. Uh, who who you going captain-wise this week? Captain-wise? Jeez. Uh, I mean, Alexis Sanchez looks tempting. Even Coutinho looks tempting. Uh, yeah, it'd probably be one of those two right now currently for me. And Payet's not, not awful either. He'd be a good differential play this week against Everton. I think he probably gets a set-piece look here. Yeah, I uh, am still a little hesitant against Everton. Currently the second-best defense in the Premier League. What a job Coleman's done. Uh, mm-hmm. Since going there, I'm out of my team kind of looking Utzel against Sunderland. Although I must say, I'm still very concerned at the lack of chances he's creating this year. Last year, hilariously ran away with that and the assist crown. Not doing nearly as much creatively this year, which is a little strange. But his his goal rate is up this year. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure I like the direction of that trend, but Sunderland are just so poor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm thinking that, <laughs> that that should outweigh that. Uh, not really a fan of the other ones. Firmino against Palace, I could see, especially with no Scott Dan. Uh, the one downside on Firmino is that he's still roaming the pitch a lot, so he isn't just always waiting to score goals as you'd expect somebody further up the pitch to typically do. Um, this is going to sound crazy, but you know how last week was like a defensive showcase? Or yeah. There, there, there were like six or seven clean sheets. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever, except for that one weird double game week where I think you said you were going to or you uh, actually did, have you ever thought about captaining a defender? Um, I can't say I have. I, I thought about it last year. I know what you're referencing. It was because I was trying to make up points at the end of the season because I was trailing in my mini league by like 14 or 15 points. And I was going to be trying to be different because I uh, – I knew he was going to captain like Aguero or uh, Sanchez and uh, United had really two really good fixtures and I was going to captain Antonio Valencia. That was my, that was my move. And I didn't, I ended up not doing it. I ended up, I ended up captaining Kevin De Bruyne. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, has, have I thought about it? Yes. Have I done it? No. I mean, implementation and thought are two different things, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. I, I just think it's starting to get interesting. By the way, last week it was nine. I looked it up while you were talking. Almost half the league had clean sheets last week. Yeah. Which really frustrated me because I got my sneaky ones with Smith and Holobos. And then yeah. so many big teams kept their clean sheets as well. I was like, yeah. oh, well, well like Tottenham the, and Arsenal both kept clean sheets. I was like, well, ah. the, the funny thing is in, uh, in DFS in the, uh, on the Saturday slates, there was only two goals at halftime oh, for, all the game, the for, for all six. All I, six I told games. you uh, I watched five matches this week and saw four goals. It was the worst. Um, that is bad. <laughs> it, was, it was real bad. It was so, very, so, very frustrating. So I know people are going to listen to this uh, tomorrow and the first game will be over. But, Kev, who do you have in the World Series? Ooh, tonight. Uh, I just think that the, the engines are running too hot for the Indians right now at home. Uh, and they have Klubes going, right? Yeah, Kluber, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Indians... You know there might there might be some runs in this. So I'm gonna say Indians four two. No, I mean how many games you think they're gonna? Oh play? oh snap! Oh for the series. Yeah, I don't care about tonight's game. I mean overall. 
Man, I'm so torn on this. So many influential people in my life are on opposite sides of this. As a Pittsburgh fan, tend to want Cleveland to do badly. Uh, as a Pirates fan, want the Cubs to do badly because they're in our division. Both have history that they're trying to write. Uh, let's, you know what? The Cubs are going to be good for the next freaking decade. Let's, mm-hmm. let's give it to the Indians. Let's make them title town twice in 2016. They already got their NBA title. Let's see them get a baseball title. I'll go mm-hmm. Indians in seven. Yeah, I have, I have Indians in six. So I, I think I think and Kluber is going to get MVP because he's going to be able to pitch three games because of the extra day off uh, because of the television they want to maximize. So he gets an extra. He, well, it's not really an extra day off, but he gets three days rest. He's going to be pitching on three days rest. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I got I, Indians in six. Kluber the MVP and bring like Kevin said it brings another title to believe land and yeah. well, Kev how who which is closer to you I know you're in, you're in Lexington Oh interesting I which don't is, is Cleveland closer know. or Chicago closer cuz I I'm trying to think of it in my head geographically it's and it's probably, probably pretty, pretty close, close. Yeah, yeah I'd imagine it is uh, okay uh Lexington to Cleveland is 331.8 miles guys it's like 6 hours yep uh, and Lexington to Chi Town is. I feel like that's six hours. Yeah, three hundred seventy-five. Cleveland. So, so Cleveland's thirty miles closer. Yeah. There yeah, it is. the Chicago Ooh. drive was around six hours, so I probably should have been able to deduce that. But yeah. So, so, uh, so Kevin's a, yep. so Kevin's a homer is basically what his brother because <laughs> he's a homer. God, man, I'm such a homer. I can't believe it. Also, I feel like I have to root for the Indians because of how much uh, flack I catch for always running chalk on stuff. So yeah. uh, we'll go with the Indians. I'll have to shut down the, the Cubs hitting. Don't I, The story is neat, I guess, but I don't think Schwarber's ready for this kind of pitching. I agree. Um, I don't know, man. How do, how do you think uh, Salazar is going to be used as the uh, as a player on the, the Indians that's randomly healthy for the World Series? Uh, I think he's going to be – I don't think he gets a start in the game. If he gets a start, it's because, um, you know, Bauer is not over his finger injury or, you know, they're they're desperate to get, you know, some lightning in a bottle out of out of him. Uh, I think he's going to be used as a power arm because he – I don't think he's going to be able to throw more than 60 to 70 pitches in a game or that's what I've been reading. Uh, so, you know, he looks – he's a great – he's got tons of movement on his pitches. He's, he'd be a great bullpen pitcher if he if – he, that's all he could do. But, he, you know, he's a starter in real life. But how could you not, with his movement and the way he changes speeds, uh, put him as the right-handed, right-handed player in front of, you know, Miller or, you know, the branch between Brian Shaw and Miller if you want to double up on right-handers with differences because, you know, Shaw is a little bit different than, than you know, than uh, Salazar is. So I, I, I could see him being used in a, in a high-leverage situation probably for one, maybe a whole inning or one or two batters just because of what he does and what he can do to batters, keeping them off balance with his changing his speeds. Mm. And I think he's very good insurance in case they do start Bauer and his finger opens up again. Yep. Like having him around for that would I, definitely be helpful. I, I think that's exactly why he's probably on the roster. It's just He's a just-in-case starter, but I think he's probably going to be used. Tito's one of the best bullpen managers that I've ever seen. Mm. So he, he knows to get he knows how to get the most out of guys that are pitching well and picking their spots. Tito is a is a is a disciple of the game, especially when it comes to matchups. So, you know, he's going to use that bullpen ex- explicitly for exact purposes. Like, he already knows exactly who's going to pitch to who, when and why and where. So, you know, we'll probably see it tonight. Uh, hopefully, you know, Cleveland, Cleveland does something, but, 
you know, it's it's all it's 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 all on it's if, if Kluber does well and the Indians bullpen pitches like we've seen them, Miller and, and Cody Allen, that it, it, it's they've got two games just by them doing that. Yeah, uh, and I will hit you with a random sports question: Who wins uh, Super Bowl in February? Who wins the Super Bowl in February? Uh, I'm saying it's going to be. I think it'll be a surprise. It, it's it's tough though because you know the NFL season is still it's still it's not it's still in its infinitesimal store or infant stages infinitesimal. That's like forever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be somebody that it, you know everybody looks at like the Cowboys because of their record. I don't think it's going to be them. Uh, you know, the Patriots are probably the favorite. I would say right now on everybody's board. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say Patriots over. I'm trying to think of a of a of a weird obtuse team that could probably do something. The Falcons, who have been ridiculous offensively, but can't stop anyone defensively. Yeah, I, you know what? The Falcons came into my mind, but I, you know what? If it, if the season ended right, if it was right now, and I had to pick a oh, Super Bowl winner, I'd probably pick the Patriots. Yeah, I'd argue with that, and I'll tell you why. Me. Oh, it pains, pains me so much as well, but. I think the difference for them is how well LeGarrette Blunt's been running. Absolutely. So uh, that adds a facet to, to their attack that they hadn't really been able to do. Uh, and I don't think Deion Lewis is going to supplant him immediately. I don't think nope. you can take Blunt out the way he's been playing right now. No, but look at look at what James White's doing. Deion, Deion Lewis is basically going to give you the same thing that, De, uh, that James White is doing. Yep. And if anybody's playing fantasy football right now and they haven't realized that James White is the goods, uh, you're, you're about three weeks too late. Yeah, yeah, he's probably already been picked up, but maybe you're in a crap league. Maybe he's still there for you. All right, uh, well, that'll do it for us. So, Rob, tell the folks where they can get at you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie. You can find my writings on Razball.com. Click on the cute little black and white soccer ball. Uh, I got all my insights, transfer news, rankings, and what have you. Kind of in a joking format because if you can't laugh at you can't laugh at fantasy and how your futile your futileness in fantasy, then you shouldn't be reading my stuff because I'll make fun of you and do it in a good way, and then we'll be friends, and then we'll have a beer and make a secret handshake and live in my <laughs> live in my treehouse. <laughs> uh, I am at Kevroff on Twitter. You can reach us at EPL Roundtable. Just put fantasy in your tagline, or you can just get us on Twitter. That also works. Um, yeah. What else? Oh, uh, theeaglesweek.com, weekly article. Uh, what else do we do? Uh, the VIP bet stuff. Uh, probably more stuff. Just check out EPL Roundtable uh, for our fantasy show, which is this. You already listened to it. Uh, good job. Uh, and then also the Championship Roundtable and the EPL Roundtable. All good content from us. And you can also hear us over on allinsportstalk.com or at allinsportstalk on Twitter or their app, which I think is available in both stores as well. That will do it for us today. Best of luck to your teams, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.